Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today we are continuing our free agent preview series. We are going to talk about the interior offensive line and the tight end class in free agency as we just came off talking about offensive tackles. But we are also going to mix in some news today. We did get a major move from the NFL and NFL Players Association jointly about the schedule of the NFL offseason, so we will discuss that as well. And then, of course, just another rumor from the quarterback rumor mill for the Titans that we will touch on briefly as well. But after that, like I said, we will get into the next installment of our free agency preview series with the interior offensive line, guards, and centers that are on the free agent market that the Titans could be taking a look at or considering, and then shift that over to the tight end position where there are a lot of different options at different ages and different parts of their careers that could be a potential option for the Titans as well. So we will go over all of that today, a mix mash of news and free agency preview, ready to dive into it with you guys. Let's get it. well documented. Because this is the final year of the current collective bargaining agreement between the NFL Players Association and the NFL owners, teams are in the unusual position of having both the franchise tag and the transition tag available to them for the first time. Typically, teams only have access to one type of tag per offseason, but of course, as just stated, because it is the final year of the collective bargaining agreement, teams actually have access to both. But here is where things get sticky. The NFL Players Association is currently in the midst of a vote to ratify the new collective bargaining agreement, and if the players do ratify that new collective bargaining agreement, then all the NFL teams would immediately lose one of the tags that they place and go back to the normal situation of only having one. If teams were to tag a player before the players ratify and approve the new collective bargaining agreement, well then they would be forced to give up one of the players that they tagged, release them from that tag, and then they would become an unrestricted free agent. The Titans are one of the most intriguing teams when it comes to using both those tags because they have so many candidates that the tag could be used on, with the top three being Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Jack Conklin. Well, the NFL Players Association has yet to finalize their vote, and as a matter of fact, they have extended that vote until Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. for the players to finally make their decision. As I mentioned, the NFL had put the original deadline to place tags on players on today's date, March the 10th, but with the Players Association not deciding whether or not to ratify the new collective bargaining agreement, it only makes sense that the NFL would look to extend that deadline so that teams didn't put themselves in a bad position by tagging multiple players and then eventually having to just give one right up. It makes it difficult to operate a team when you don't know what type of financial rules you're going to be playing under a week from now. So the NFL originally moved the deadline from from today, Tuesday the 10th, until Thursday the 12th at 4 p.m., but with the players extending that deadline to Saturday night, the NFL wanted to make sure that they moved their deadline for the tags past that. The only issue is at some point you run into the opening of the legal tampering period for free agency on the 16th Monday 
at noon Eastern Standard Time. So teams can't go into free agency without knowing what players they are tagging. So the deadline for the NFL and the Players Association jointly that was agreed upon for the close of the tag window is March the 16th at 11.59 a.m. So literally a minute before the legal tampering period for free agency opens, teams have up until that moment in time to place their tags. The reality is because the player's vote deadline is set on Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it gives the Titans and teams around the NFL essentially a day and a half to decide whether or not and who, whether or not they're going to use the tags and who they're going to use those tags on, which means the negotiations with players are going to be incredibly intense over the weekend because like I said, the Titans won't know what financial rules they're actually negotiating under, what the cap may look like, what the tag rules are when they're trying to get the negotiations done. It does lead to a very interesting and as mentioned, intriguing scenario for the Titans because if the players do not vote to approve the new collective bargaining agreement, then the Titans would all of a sudden have two tags that they can play with and that would give them a lot more flexibility going forward and take a lot of pressure off the organization in terms of ironing out the negotiations for long-term deals. It won't be as difficult if things go awry. They always have their two tags to fall back on, but the Titans could be in a situation where they only have one if the players do agree to ratify and approve the new collective bargaining agreement. A lot of different avenues and routes that could take place for the Titans. A lot of different situations that could play out, so we will have to keep an eye on the players' deadline for their vote on Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then after As the deadline has been moved, we will hear from teams by 11.59 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, a minute before the opening of the legal tampering period of free agency. And speaking of free agency, we cannot mention any kind of free agency or anything whatsoever without bringing up the most recent quarterback rumors. And I'm going to keep it short because at this point, given life to all the different rumors, uh, it could just make your head spin. It's hard to know what to believe at this moment in time, but I just want to make sure that you guys are up to date. This morning on ESPN, Diana Rossini, who seems to always be reporting on something Titans related, did have this to say about the Tom Brady Ryan. Tannehill situation. Quote, Tom Brady certainly has interest in playing with the Titans, and I think the Titans flirted with that idea. But in the end, they want to go with Ryan Tannehill. End quote. Now, just to kind of talk about Rossini's track record here, at the beginning of the season, she was someone saying that the coaching staff was higher on Ryan Tannehill than they were Marcus Mariota. So that didn't necessarily prove to be wrong. I guess eventually they did make the switch and and proved to be right for making that switch. Also, with that rumor, though, she said that it was essentially a quarterback competition and that they just weren't announcing it as such, but that appeared to be wrong. It, it seems fair. They were giving Marcus the starting job and seeing what he could do with everything that they had in place at the moment in time. So I don't believe that that report was correct from her. So I'd say about 50-50 there. Throughout times in the season, she reported certain things like that A.J. Brown was going to be returning punts 
Well, A.J. Brown never ended up returning punts. And now she's reporting and has been reporting that the Titans are locked in on Ryan Tannehill and want to get a long-term deal done with him. And part of that conversation that I read a quote to you from, there was a mention that the Titans would look to get a long-term deal done with Derrick Henry and then tag Ryan Tannehill if for some reason they couldn't get a long-term deal done with Tannehill that they're so locked in on bringing Tannehill back. So that tells me that contract negotiations right now are difficult because they want to bring him back, but they're acknowledging that they they may have to go ahead and give Derrick Henry a bunch of money and then tag Tannehill because negotiations seem bleak. That's kind of what I would take from that. But at this moment in time, basically, Rossini seems to be about 50-50 hit or miss with the Titans. Uh, There was a good observation by Mike Miracles on Twitter that it seems like the stuff she gets wrong seems to be front office related. The stuff she gets right seems to be coaching staff related. So maybe she has a good relationship with someone on the coaching staff and, and maybe some of the other information she's getting from the front office isn't as good. Uh, We remain uh, to be open-minded here is my point. Just remain open-minded. Listen to what she has to say. Take it with a grain of salt. Know that she's been right before. She's been wrong before. But at this moment in time, I cannot wait for Monday. I cannot wait for the fireworks. And because that tag deadline got moved and is a minute away from the opening of free agency, as I've said a a million times this first segment, it seems like that is going to create some big time news. So Tuesday's show may come on Monday night next week because I get too excited and have to release it on Monday night as the fireworks are going down and we can watch them together. But uh, it would be really great to experience some breaking news in uh, in our show on, on Monday night or Tuesday morning, however it does shake out. But it's going to be a super intriguing and interesting time to watch over the weekend going into Monday. I I literally cannot wait, guys. So to get you ready for that free agency fireworks extravaganza that's going to take place on Monday, we need to continue busting through our free agency preview series. And we are going to talk about the interior offensive line and the tight end position today. And while both of those positions are not very high on the list of places I would expect the Titans to go shopping, we do want to make sure that you guys know who is available because who knows which of these players go to our rival. We want to be knowledgeable about who is on the teams that we are facing in the AFC, in the AFC South, some teams upcoming that we are going to be playing in our divisional rotation with the NFC. So there's a lot of reasons to be up to date and knowledgeable about the current free agents, whether or not they are options for the Titans or not. But within you know, the free agent class of those two positions, there are some decent options for the Titans who may be looking to add a second tight end, may be looking to add an interior offensive lineman to compete with Nate Davis or compete with Ben Jones. So very interesting names and different situations all of these players are in. So we are going to jump into the tight end position next. Let's take a look at the Titans tight end depth chart right now just to understand where they are at at the position. Of course, veteran star tight end Delaney Walker will most likely be cut just due to his inability to stay healthy and the cost that he will have 
on his contract coming up into the 2020 season. The Titans can save around $7 million by cutting Delaney Walker, and they most certainly will do so. Breakout star Jonu Smith will look to take on an enhanced role in the offense, a more important role in the offense, and hopefully that'll allow him to be a little bit more productive statistically in the 2020 season and going forward. The Titans brought back pass-catching specialist Anthony Ferkser, as he was an exclusive rights free agent, basically had to come back to the Titans, but they did agree to a one-year contract extension there. And Nicole Pruitt, serviceable backup tight end, more of a blocking tight end, special teams player. He is currently a free agent, so we will place him within these groups. But I broke down the free agent class for tight ends into about five groupings here. So we will talk about those groups right now, and we will start with the tight ends that I would not see the Titans going after. I don't expect them to put a lot of money into the tight end position, sitting with Ferkser and sitting with Jonu Smith at this moment in time. They definitely need to add to the position, though. They will need to do so. I don't know if I would expect them to go look for a rookie tight end to groom, as the Titans really like to have role-playing tight ends. Like, you see Jonu Smith as the versatile do-it-all tight end. Pruitt is the blocking tight end. Ferkser is the pass-catching specialist that they have for third downs in the red zone. So the Titans are big on having role players, but also that have some versatility. We saw Pruitt catch some passes, and of course, Ferkser is out there. He's going to have to block some as well. So the Titans could look to replace Pruitt with another do-it-all tight end and to have someone who's a good blocker and still has enough versatility to know what they're doing in the pass game, you'll most likely have to rely on a veteran to do that. And it means that the Titans will have to go into free agency as you're not going to find a veteran in the draft, obviously. So... I wouldn't expect the Titans to use a high pick or a, a, a decent pick on the tight end position. I would expect them to try to fill that need in free agency, and let's take a look at those different groupings. So the first one is one that I just don't see the Titans dipping into just due to cost here. You have Greg Olson. Now, he signed with the Seattle Seahawks for $7 million. So keep that in mind just as a benchmark, signing with the Seahawks, $7 million. Olsen, while incredibly productive, has dealt with a lot of injuries to his foot, to his back. He's getting up there in age, so even though he's been productive and been a great player during his career at his age, I'm surprised to see him getting around the $7 million mark from Seattle, but he felt like that was a great fit and signed very early on, so keep that as a benchmark in your mind. Someone like Demetrius Harris signed with the Chicago Bears for $1.65 million. He's been a career backup tight end, a little bit of potential. He's obviously younger than Greg Olson, but those are just two deals right now that you're seeing with the tight ends. Either you're over that $7 million mark and you're considered a starter like Olsen, or you should be down around where Harris is at $1 to $2 million. So there's not a lot of in-between there. So the Titans will most likely stay away from the expensive guys and, and get a good bargain at the end. So we will break it up into the groups. The first group, like I said, is the top-tier guys. You look at Hunter Henry. He's only 25, coming off a torn ACL in the offseason, was able to play in 12 games. 55 catches, 650 plus yards, five touchdowns. Right now, his contract projections based on Spot Tracks model is about $9 million to $10 million a year. You see similar numbers for Austin Hooper, who's also 25 from the Atlanta Falcons, played in 13 games, $10 million projection on his salary, 75 catches last year, six touchdowns. He was pretty good down in Atlanta, but are the Titans going to spend the kind of money that you need to get a guy like that? No, and they shouldn't because Jonu Smith is 
in my opinion, has the ability to be just as productive with the full season of being a starter and will be much less money at his you know, third round salary. Eric Ebron, 26. We know about Ebron from playing with the Colts while he had an incredibly productive year with 10 plus touchdown catches in 2018, fell back to earth a little bit in 2019, 31 catches, 375 yards, three touchdowns in his 11 games. He's right around that 9 million mark as well. I wouldn't want to pay any of those tight ends that much money, quite frankly. I, I don't think that they're difference makers enough to give around $10 million to. So I'm happy that the Titans will most likely stay away from them. You look at a, a secondary tier, the second group, and these are veterans who were good starters during their career, but each have their own concerns. Vance McDonald is an option. He'd probably be around the $7 million mark as well, but the team does have an option there, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he'll most likely not be brought back, but you could see him working out a a different extension with the Steelers once they turn down that player option. I don't think Vance McDonald would be worth $7 million, but at 30 years old, he does have really good potential and awesome stiff arm, as we can all recall from that incredible primetime catch and run that he had. Then you look at someone like Jordan Reed, who has been a great tight end in his career, one of the best pass-catching threats that we've seen at the tight end position over the last five to seven years, but his reoccurring injuries and his reoccurring issues with concussions, he wasn't able to play whatsoever in 2019. Now, he's come out and said that he would like to play again, but at that moment in time, right now with the way things sit, he's had so many concussions that you would hope maybe a guy like that would consider retirement. But someone like Charles Clay, who's in his 30s, has played for the Bills, played for the Dolphins, coming off a season with the Arizona Cardinals. He's been productive in his nine seasons in the NFL, 357 catches, 3,800 yards, 24 touchdowns. So he could be out of value for the Titans to get a veteran in there who can help a little bit more in the passing game and you know has the experience in the NFL with different blo- blocking schemes and different playbooks that he could help the Titans out. Now he may get a starting opportunity or a better opportunity with a team who's willing to pay more, but still an option that the Titans should keep their eyes on. Tyler Eifert, looking up Tyler Eifert's stats recently, he obviously had that fantastic season with the Bengals early in his career when he had 10-plus touchdown catches and looked to be one of the best red zone threats that we had at the tight end position in the NFL, but injuries took their toll with his legs, with his back, but surprisingly, Eifert was able to play 16 games last season. He had 43 catches, 436 yards, three touchdowns. I would expect the Bengals to bring him back on the cheap as there's still going to be concern around the NFL about his injury history. But if the Bengals could bring him back on the cheap to help with likely number one overall pick Joe Burrow, that would make sense. But if not, that might be a reclamation project worthy of taking a look at. Eifert played in 16 games, so I know the big knock on him and concern is the injuries, but if he's figured out a way to keep his body healthy, he clearly has talent and can at least help in the red zone. Moving to an older set of tight ends that the Titans may take a look at here just because they'll be incredibly cheap and they have a lot of experience. I don't expect the Titans to go necessarily this route, but there is one particular name that I do think fits uh, exactly what the Titans are looking for. So the first name in this old man group of tight ends is Jason Witten, a terrible broadcaster on Monday Night Football, a much better tight end, but he's 38 years old, and if the Cowboys were willing to pay him $5 million to come out of the booth to play tight end, if 
they aren't willing to bring him back this offseason, I would have concerns as well. But I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. Over 1,000 catches, over 11,000 yards, 60 career touchdowns. He had 63 catches last year and four touchdowns, so it's not like he was unproductive completely. But I just see Witten back with the Cowboys, and I don't think that's exactly what the Titans are looking for. Is He isn't really much of a blocker at this moment in time, just with his advanced age and the physicality needed to do that. You look at Darren Fells, who played for the Texans last year. He's only 34. He's going to be looking at about, based on Track's model, about 43 million dollars in salary probably a little too rich for the titans blood at this moment in time but if it's anything less than that they could consider it 34 catches last year seven touchdown catches so definitely a reliable threat when it gets down in the red area fells was uh quite the target for Deshaun Watson despite not playing in every game so at 34 years old even though he's coming off a productive season I still think that you know, his price should be a little lower than $4 million. If it's that high, then the Titans will definitely stay away. Then you look at Ben Watson, had 17 catches last year, 173 yards, no touchdowns. I only mention his name because of the obvious New England connection. He is a veteran who will come at the veteran minimum for sure if he doesn't retire. He spoke after the Titans beat the New England Patriots in the playoffs. He spoke and essentially said he probably won't be playing next year and that he'll most likely have to retire, but if the Titans are looking for an incredibly cheap veteran option and they believe that Ferkser can take a you know a bigger role and have more responsibility in the offense then maybe they just look to have a veteran there to to be in the position room and, and give guidance to someone like Ferkser and Johnu Smith who are still really young players but the option that I think the Titans should really focus on is Mercedes Lewis he's 36 years old and that may be in the upper older range but that should help keep his price relatively low only 15 catches last year 156 yards and one touchdown with the Green Bay Packers he was early in his career, a pass catcher by trade, but he's turned into one of one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL, and he still has that experience catching passes, so he could really fit the Nicole Pruitt role there, and I, I think that it would be a, a pretty good fit for the Titans. He has experience in the AFC South as well, with most of his career playing for the Jaguars, so I like Lewis as a very cheap, older option for the Titans. Some younger guys who are restricted free agents, Jacob Hollister, only 26, 41 catches last year for the Seahawks, but they just signed Greg Olson, so maybe they'll let Hollister walk. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is only 24, coming off a year with the Browns. He's a restricted free agent, and most likely the Browns will let him test the market. You look at Blake Jarwin from the Dallas Cowboys, 26 years old, had 31 catches and three touchdowns last year. Those may be options for the Titans as they are still young and have possible improvement ahead of them. So it may be worth taking a risk on one of those guys or taking a chance on one of those guys if they are not re-signed in restricted free agency. And then some veteran options who are mostly blockers or just primarily pass catchers who the Titans may take a look at. Luke Wilson from the Seahawks is 30 years old, mostly a blocking tight end, but with the McCall Pruitt role, that's probably what the Titans will be looking to fill. Lance Kendricks, 32, played for the Chargers last year. Another guy who's primarily a blocker, but that's the Pruitt role. So the Titans may be looking to use a guy like that who may be cheaper than Pruitt at this moment in time since Pruitt is 27 and played 44% of the snaps for the Titans last year. Some guys who were former quarterbacks in college, Virginia Tech, Logan 
Logan Thomas and Blake Bell from Oklahoma. Blake Bell played for the Chiefs, Logan Thomas for the Lions last year. They're going to be primarily used in the passing game, but the Titans may take a look at those guys, see if they can develop them into a little bit more as they obviously have incredible athleticism being quarterbacks before. But Ultimately, I would like the Titans to go back to to Pruitt. I think that would be a great call here. He's 27, although he only had six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown last year. We know what role he was placed in, and when he was thrown the ball, he actually did a pre- pretty decent job, I would say, in those opportunities, even though it's something that he wasn't asked of. He plays special teams. He's a blocker. He's versatile, so I'd like to see Pru come back to the Titans, but at 27, some other team may see the potential there and take a chance on Pruitt and give him a little bit more money than the Titans are willing to extend with all the other people that they have to pay. So we are pretty far into the show, guys. A lot of tight ends on the market, and I wanted to go pretty deep into these pre these free agency previews for you guys. So we are going to go into the interior offensive line. There aren't a lot of stats obviously, for offensive linemen, so I'm going to keep it pretty brief, give you guys the names to look for, kind of tear them up like I did the tight ends, so we will do that with the interior offensive line and finish out offense overall next. run through some free agents on the interior offensive line. As I've been doing, I want to give you guys some of the bigger names just so you're aware of who the top names on the market are and we can monitor where those guys go if they go to any of the Titans rivals or anyone that we will be playing in the upcoming season. We will want to know about that, so I'll break that down for you guys first and then we will get into some veterans who I think really could help the Titans and could be in their price range. So first things first, you're looking at Joe Thune from the Patriots. He's only 27 years old. He's one of the best pass protectors in the NFL. He isn't a perfect player, of course. He could get a little bit better in the run game, but he's one of absolutely one of the best guards in the NFL. And at only 27 years old, I mean, you couldn't really ask for much more. He's looking at about 12, 10, 12 million dollar price range there for being one of the top guards on the market. Same with Brandon Scherf, a former first round pick from the Washington Redskins. He's 29 now. Man, that really reminds me how time flies. I remember it was yesterday, like Brandon Scherf was getting drafted in the first round in the top five picks, and people were asking whether or not that was too high for a guard. But Scherf has been incredibly talented. He just has a little bit of trouble staying on the field. He's missed 13 games in the past two seasons, but when he is on the field, he's one of the best in the league, and he's looking right around, same thing as Tooney, Tooney about 10 to $12 million there. Graham Gasglau, who played for the Lions, he can play center, he can play guard, he's a really good run blocker in the middle, he's been improving every year in terms of being able to play both positions and getting more ability to play guard as well coming in and viewed as mostly a center, but he's only 28 years old. So you're looking at these guys who are going to get decent deals and they are right there in the prime of their athletic careers. So somebody like Glasgow, somebody like Thune, somebody like Scherf, probably out of the Titans price range. Same thing when you're looking at someone like Connor McGovern. Now we're talking about players who are a, a step back in quality 
from the three that I just mentioned, but Connor McGovern from the Broncos, same thing. He can play center. He can play guard. He kind of has the ability to do both, and that kind of versatility is super crucial in the NFL with the amount of injuries that you see, and he had to fill big shoes in Denver. They had Matt Paradis, who was the center there, and once he left, then McGovern had to step in and be a starter immediately, and he showed that he was able to do that, and at 27 years old, you pay guys who show that kind of ability. In the same vein, Ted Karras from the New England Patriots also is 27 years old. Once David Andrews got injured at center, Karras stepped in, did a good enough job that a team out there will think that they can plug him in with a little bit more improvement and a little bit more reps, make him into an everyday starting center or guard. Once again, they'll those two will be a lot cheaper than the top three that I mentioned, but probably still be out of the price range for the Titans considering all the money that they have put into the offensive line so far and the fact that they still may be looking to bring back Jack Conklin at a pretty hefty price tag. The final person in this kind of top group for me, and this just is kind of my personal preference at this moment in time is Andrews Pete from the Saints, a former first round pick. He's only 26 years old. And while he's been up and down and maybe hasn't lived up to first round value, he still has a ton of potential, has a ton of athletic ability, a tons of traits that you're looking for. He can be much better in the run game, but has shown a little bit of ability and pass blocking. So I think that Pete would be a, a possible project that a team would... Maybe you'll have to overpay for his compared to his production on the field so far, but at 26 with all that talent, you get him in the right situation with the right coaching, and he would probably be a pretty good option. I don't know if he'll be in the Titans price range, though, because all that that I just mentioned, I'm sure that his agent uh, will use all of that and the versatility that he's shown to play a little bit of tackle, which is something he was considered as coming into the league. I think that he'll probably get paid more than, like I said, compared more than he deserves based on his production and his performance out on the field, but it'll be a projection. Teams will project what they can do with him, and therefore he'll get a little bit more coin than I think the Titans would be willing to pay out. But you look at some aging veterans who all have been relatively subpar at times in their career, but the Titans will probably have the ability to pay them what they need, bring in a veteran who can add versatility to the line in the case that you see injuries, which is something that the Titans saw a lot of during 2019, also can compete with somebody like Ben Jones, can compete with Nate Davis, who, while he's a third-round pick and played pretty well towards the end of the year and will most likely be slated as the starter going into next season, you still want to have competition, real competition, not Kevin Pamphill, not Jamil Douglas, somebody who can really compete, who has starting experience in the NFL who can push Nate Davis to maybe be even better than he would be otherwise. You look at Greg Van Roten from the Panthers. He's only 30 years old. Lost his season in November to a toe injury, but his injury had a lot to do with the Panthers not playing so well at the end of the season. So while he's not going to get paid as one of the top guys due to injury history and he's 30 years old, he's just been relatively average for most of his career. Somebody like Van Roten would be a great candidate to come in and add competition to the interior offensive pine. Mike Uyupati from the Seahawks. He's 33, didn't have a great season last year, but again, 
Tons of experience starting in the NFL, being 33 years old, can give a young guy like Nate Davis tips on how to get better, but also push him to be better by competing with him. I really like the option of Tom Compton, guard from the New York Jets. He's only 31 years old, has shown the ability to play tackle as well, mostly a career backup, but once again, a veteran with experience who who will be at the right price for the Titans. And then finally, someone who I really have my eye on is the center from the San Francisco 49ers, Ben Garland. Now, he replaced Weston Richburg in the 49ers starting lineup last season in the middle of the year. He's been mostly a backup, but he can play guard. He can play center. He's 32 years old. He has experience, and that zone blocking scheme in San Francisco will be something that matches up with what the Titans are trying to do in the run game. So I think that would be a fantastic economical option for the Titans. Either way, that is going to wrap up the offensive side of the football for our free agency preview series. I'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow, and we are going to break down the interior defensive line and the off-ball linebackers and go into those. We are going to have edge rusher because it's such an important position. I'm going to devote an entire episode to edge rusher so we can really break that down in detail because that's somewhere the Titans will really be focusing on in free agency, in my humble opinion. So we will talk about that in tomorrow's episode with the interior defensive line and the off-ball linebackers. Finally dive into some defense because we only have a few more days left until that free agency firework period is right here in our faces. With this being the end of this edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Football. That's a year-round show. They're going to keep great fantasy content going throughout the offseason. So, hope you guys enjoy that show. I am going to be back with you guys tomorrow morning waking up to a Locked On Titans podcast. So, as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this is was Locked On Titans.